Session 1, What is the Bible? The Bible is a fascinating book. It was written over a 1,500-year period by 40-plus human writers of varying backgrounds, in three languages on three continents, with one author, God. There is one theme, the glory of God and the salvation of sinful humanity through Christ. It is a collection of 66 books, in the Protestant Bible or Canon, broken up into two sections, 39 books in the Old Testament, and 27 books in the New Testament. God ordained His plan of historical redemption before He created the universe. He knew what humanity would do before it was done. He knew Adam would sin. He knew the world would become sinful, so, He would need to flood the world, and then confuse the languages. He later chose Abraham through whom His chosen nation of Israel came. It was through this nation, the promised Messiah would come, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Judah, David, Solomon and more. Jesus came, died for our sins, was resurrected three days later, and his followers traveled, preached, taught and wrote about who he is, what he did and the fact that he is coming again to set up his kingdom, and judge the world. God wrote all of this in his book. First, the Bible claims to be God's book. God claims to be the author, who guided the writers whom he chose to write it. Throughout the Old Testament one reads the phrase, this is what the Lord says, or something like that, depending on your translation. This means that the Bible claims to be both a divine and human book. Other books claim this as well, the Book of Mormon, the Quran, and other religious writings. However, only the Bible can be proven to be God's only word. A few specific examples will be given later in this lesson regarding what the Bible says about God being the author of Scripture. Second, the Bible is a historical book. It gives accounts of people, places, events, and many topics that can be verified within history, which you will see. There are numerous people mentioned, Abraham, Noah, David, Isaiah, Rahab, Jeremiah, Paul, Peter, and more. Numerous ancient cities are referred to, some of which still exist today. Visit the land of Israel and go to Jerusalem. It is still there. The Bible refers to a global flood, the great exodus, conquering Canaan, the preaching of the prophets before, during and after the Babylonian captivity. It also refers to Jesus the Messiah, who didn't travel more than 30 miles or so from his home, yet is known throughout the world as Lord and Savior. It speaks of his miracles, death, resurrection and the location of his return. The Bible also talks about salvation, faith, hope, love, grace, mercy, God's wrath, judgment, discernment, wisdom, knowledge, marriage, sexuality, persecution, the past and the future. It gives hope to those who have trusted in Christ as Lord and Savior. It brings conviction on both Christians and non-Christians because of what it says about sin and our need for a Savior. Third, it is a mysterious book. It tells us about God's character, His plan for salvation, and has a lot of images, metaphors, poetry, visions or dreams and creatures that keep kids up at night. Though this book says God wrote it and that the events recorded in it are historical, there are a lot of mysteries in the book. Are there underlying spiritual truths to the historical people and accounts? What are the beasts of Daniel 7? Why did God give Peter a vision in Acts 10? What is the vision that Ezekiel had in chapter 1 of his prophecy all about? What does the book of Revelation mean? What is meant to be taken literal and what is a figure of speech? All these questions and more have burdened God's people throughout the ages. Even to this day, there are many who struggle to make sense of some of these mysterious images, words, phrases and events. God gave us His book to be understood, but He also expects us to do our due diligence and homework, and read, study and do our best to understand what He meant when it was written and to whom it was written. 
2 Timothy 2:15. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God as a worker who does not need to be ashamed, accurately handling the word of truth. Fourth, it is a Jewish book. Sadly, most Christians around the world have forgotten this. The further away we get from the original writings and original context, the less we understand of the Jewish context of Scripture. This is something that will be highlighted throughout this course. Moses, Joshua, Samuel, Ezra, John, Peter, Paul and I believe even Luke, were Jewish who wrote within their historical, cultural and Jewish context. As you read and study the Bible, don't forget that it was written within a Jewish mindset, and a Jewish context. Romans 3 1-2, then what advantage does the Jew have? Or what is the benefit of circumcision? Great in every respect. First, that they were entrusted with the actual words, oracles, of God. Fifth, it is a misunderstood and misquoted book. Many people throughout history have read it, studied it and then come to various conclusions about what it says. Many of these are contradictory beliefs, even within the Church. Church history shows that there are a variety of views on a variety of topics. Church leaders of the past and present have quoted it, written about it, and preached from it. Yet, some of the teachings were false, while others were true. Cults, false teachers, false religions, those in New Age and the occult, will quote from it, trying to use it as justification for their false beliefs and practices. This is nothing new however. Note what Peter wrote in his second letter. 2 Peter 3 14-16, Therefore, beloved, since you look for these things, be diligent to be found spotless and blameless by Him, at peace, and regard the patience of our Lord as salvation, just as also our beloved brother Paul, according to the wisdom given him, wrote to you, as also in all his letters, speaking in them of these things, in which there are some things that are hard to understand, which the untaught and unstable distort, as they do also the rest of the Scriptures, to their own destruction. While this is a verse you will see again, please note a few things. 1. He says Paul wrote letters. This verifies what the New Testament says. Specifically, some think this is a reference to Hebrews, because Peter's audience were Jewish believers in Messiah. Peter knew Paul, and he was validating that Paul wrote letters, which is evidence within the text of its reliability. But these were not just random writings of an individual. Peter calls them something specific. 2. He equates Paul's letters with Scripture. Peter stated that Paul's letters were on equal footing as the rest of the Scripture. In this case, Peter is referring to the Old Testament writings. This is a bold claim. Think of this. Peter, a Jew, was writing to his audience, Jewish believers, and telling them that Paul was writing Scripture. That is not something to take lightly, particularly coming from a Jewish man, Peter, writing about another Jewish man, Paul. Paul's letters were and are God-breathed. 3. He says the untaught and unstable distorted Paul's letters as they did the rest of Scripture. This means that the writings, and preaching, of Paul were distorted, NASB. The Greek word is strebelu and it means to twist, torture or pervert language. The word literally referred to a torture instrument, like the rack, where you stretch someone so much, you dislocate their arms and legs. This is the only time this word is used in the New Testament, but it is powerful imagery for a powerful warning. God, through Peter, says that people did, and will, twist the word of God, like torturing a human, to suit their own purposes, goals, and desires. Sixth, it is a spiritual book. Yes, there is history. Yes, there is evidence for its reliability. Yes, we can trust it. Yes, to all of these and more. But it is so much more than these two. It is God's only book. It is a book like none other. It alone is truth, because the God who wrote it is truth. Because of this, 
the Holy Spirit must be involved in learning how to interpret it, explain it and share it with others too. Only He can help us to comprehend it. While He uses teachers, writers, and others, He is the one who teaches us what His Word means. The Holy Spirit uses His Word to transform those who read it, apply it, study it, and obey it. Only God can write a book that gives hope, life, peace, love, truth and transformation. Application I want you to pause and reflect on these six basic principles. Does one strike you more than others? Have you considered these factors before? Have you been taught these things before? How can understanding these six simple statements, change the way you look at the Bible, read and study the Bible, apply the Bible, and explain the Bible? With this simple outline, I want undergraduates and graduates watch both videos. These will set up the next segment of this class. Video 1, https colon slash slash youtube.b slash ak06 msetio 4, what is the Bible? Bible Project, 6 minutes. Video 2, https colon slash slash youtube.b slash 7 underscore cgp12a0, the story of the Bible, Bible Project, 5.5 minutes. We will continue to study its reliability in the next class, but there are a few things we need to consider up front as we explore this amazing book. Every ancient document has to go through three tests to verify its reliability. 1. Internal test. 2. Bibliographic test. And 3. External test. It is these that we will consider over the rest of this class, in this session and the next sessions. A. Internal test. A. Consistent within itself. The Bible says it's from God. If so, it must be consistent. There should be a flow to it. Is this what we find? Yes. Remember, the Bible was written over 40 human writers from different backgrounds and education levels, in three languages, on three continents, with different styles of writing or genres. It is astounding to see how consistent it is. For example, let's consider the first and last book, Genesis and Revelation. Genesis is the book of beginnings and Revelation is the book of endings and new beginnings. There are references from Genesis and Revelation, such as Revelation 12one 6 regarding a sign in heaven. This is a reference to Genesis 37 1-7, to Joseph's dream. This is a parallel and direct reference, though these books were written about 1,500 years apart. Moses wrote Genesis about 1450 BC, though the events happened hundreds of years before him. Revelation was written about 95 AD. There is continuity and consistency. Are there contradictions? This means it doesn't say one thing in one area and something different in another. Does the Bible contradict itself? No. There are texts that appear contradictory. For example, Matthew 28 1-10 talks about an angel talking to the ladies at the tomb. It seems like there is only one angel. But in John 20 11-12, the text says there were two angels. What is the answer? When you have two, you have one. Matthew focused on what one said to the women. John, for the purpose of his gospel in setting it up like the tabernacle, talks about two angels, and doesn't record what was said. It's not a contradiction, but an emphasis on what one writer was making. There are textual differences, such as the number of stalls for Solomon. Those are easily explained as a copyist making a mistake in copying the manuscript. These, however, make up a minute percentage of the text, and it should not shake our faith. These differences, most of which are spelling, numbers, etc. have no impact on major or minor doctrines. This will be covered in more detail later. Does it make sense? If something is written that makes no sense, when it was written, then there's a problem. A later reader may have some difficulties, but are there hard things to understand in the Bible? Yes. 
Peter admitted that in 2 Peter 3 14-16, which you read a few minutes ago. There are difficulties, but it does make sense. God gave us His Word to be understood. Yes, wrestle with the text to learn what those difficult passages mean, but first, go to what you can understand, or what is easy to comprehend and then study the more difficult passages. Let the easier passages shed light on the more difficult ones. I want you to see the continuity of the Bible and learn how it is, God's only word to us. Claims of itself. It is always important to look at the claims of any book or work we are reading, whether the Bible, another religious work or secular work. These verses below, very few among many, will give you a basis for the way you look at what the Bible claims about itself. This was hinted at above, and here are more details. A. Exodus 17 14a, Then the Lord said to Moses, Write this in a book, scroll, as a memorial and recite it to Joshua. 1. Deuteronomy 4 1-2, Now, Israel, listen to the statutes and the judgments which I am teaching you to perform, so that you will live and go in and take possession of the land which the Lord, the God of your fathers, is giving you. You shall not add to the word which I am commanding you, nor take away from it. 1. 2 Timothy 3 16-17, All Scripture is inspired by God and beneficial for teaching, for rebuke, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man or woman of God may be fully capable, equipped for every good work. 1. Hebrews 1 1-4-1-1-2a, God, after He spoke long ago to the fathers and the prophets in many portions and in many ways, in these last days has spoken to Uzan His Son. 1. 2 Peter 1 16-21, 3.14-16-1.20-21- No prophecy of Scripture becomes a matter of someone's own interpretation, for no prophecy was ever made by an act of human will, but men moved by the Holy Spirit spoke from God. Many more examples could be given. Go back to the books of Jeremiah or Ezekiel and count the times the phrase Word of the Lord is written in some form. Just in those books, you will find over 100 times. They are unique in that God does use that phrase often, and while it is not as often in other books, you can find it in other Old Testament books too. In total, just that one phrase is used 274 times in the NASP. That does not include variations on that phrase. This is God's direct communication with someone. We find the same thing in the New Testament, particularly with the words of Jesus. There is one other aspect to help us establish what the Bible claims about itself. Our Lord and Savior had a specific view of the Old Testament. Jesus, as God incarnate, believed the Old Testament was reliable. He said to the religious leaders, Have you never read? In Matthew 21 16, 42 and Mark 2 25, referring to the Scriptures. In numerous ways, Jesus went back to the Old Testament, and quoted from it or referred to it, when dealing with the topics of His day. Here are two examples. 1. Mark 10 2-9, And some Pharisees came up to Jesus, testing Him, and began questioning Him whether it was lawful for a man to divorce his wife. 3 And He answered and said to them, what did Moses command you? For they said, Moses permitted a man to write a certificate of divorce and send his wife away. 5 But Jesus said to them, Because of your hardness of heart he wrote you this commandment. 6 But from the beginning of creation, God created them male and female. 7 For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother, 8 and the two shall become one flesh, so they are no longer two, but one flesh. Here, Jesus establishes many truths. Among them are, 1. Moses wrote the Torah or Pentateuch, the first five books of the Old Testament. 2. Marriage was created by God at creation. 3. God made male and female. 4. It was due to sin, Moses permitted divorce for certain reasons, 
which had been perverted by the religious leaders in Jesus' day. 5. He quoted the Old Testament as if it was God's Word, because it is. 2. Matthew 26 63-66, But Jesus kept silent. And the high priest said to him, I place you under oath by the living God, to tell us whether you are the Christ, the Son of God. 64 Jesus said to him, You have said it yourself. But I tell you, from now on you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of power, and coming on the clouds of heaven. 65 Then the high priest tore his robes and said, He is blasphemed. What further need do we have of witnesses? See, you have now heard the blasphemy, 66 What do you think? They answered, He deserves death. The above was during Jesus' trial. At first, he was silent, fulfilling the prophecy of Isaiah 53 7, and then claimed to be the Son of Man. This is a reference to Daniel 7 13-14, which refers to a divine being called the Son of Man. The religious leaders knew this and called his death, because they knew what he was saying. Yet, this also means that Jesus fully believed the book of Daniel was reliable. In the New Testament, the phrase, it is written a Jewish phrase to refer to God's authoritative word in the Old Testament. This phrase occurs 72 times in the NASP, and as a direct reference. The book of Revelation has over 300 references or quotes from the Old Testament, in that book alone. The Bible claims to be from God, in a variety of ways. These are only a few of the references that give direct indication that it claims to be from God. It can be shown to be from God in the continuity and consistency between the 66 books of the Old and New Testament. The internal evidence for the reliability of the Bible is astounding. Now that we have addressed a few basic matters, it is important to prepare to transition to additional external evidence in the next class session, or session 2. The first is going to be manuscript evidence. While there will be more videos and articles about this in the next class, I want everyone, graduates and undergraduates, to read this article. Article 1, https colon slash slash www.josh.org slash manuscript validate Old Testament slash dash ancient manuscripts that validate the ot, Josh McDowell ministry. Next is your quiz. Remember to click on the correct one for you to take.